Well, I think it's no, uh, I think it's no accident that we're at we're, where we're at in the scripture today after hearing Darlene's request because uh, it, it takes people like Darlene, people like you, for the gospel to go forward, right? It's not just about pastors. It's not just about apostles. It's not just about full-time missionaries, but it's very much also about those who help them be able to do what they're able to do. And so if you want to turn to Philippians, that's where our scripture is at today. We're going to be speaking, speaking about two people in particular that we are to honor. The scripture says very clearly in our text today that we are honors such men as, as these. And I would say that extends also to women. He happens to be speaking about Timothy and Epaphroditus, but obviously this would extend as well to women who help in the ministry. And so I was wondering where this was going to go when I was began studying this, how, how it was going to kind of fit in, because usually in Philippians you have Paul talking about something that's really profound. Like last week we were talking about working out your own salvation with God assisting you by doing that and providing that power. And there's these big theological kind of things that he's been teaching. And then all of a sudden he kind of goes off to this section that we're reading today, which is a little more down to earth and a little more about the practical details of ministry. And so I think it fits in very well uh, after hearing Daryl Lynn's request and the urgency of the situation. And we really need to be praying for our world, don't we? Amen. We really do. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say this to alarm anybody, but I am much more concerned with what's going over on over in Ukraine and Russia than I ever was about COVID. And so we really need to be praying. We need to be acknowledging that God is in sovereign control of all situations and trusting in him. And so with that in mind, uh, we're going to be talking today about uh, Titus, or Timothy and Epaphroditus. So our scripture today is um, Philippians 2, 19 through 30. Let's go ahead and stand in honor of reading God's word today, and then we'll have prayer as we get into this. Of course, this is Timothy, or uh, this is Paul speaking. He, sa he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not the, those of the interest of Christ, of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious so receive him in the joy with all receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. 
for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for this day, thankful for your word that you have given to us, and even sections like this where it seems like these are very practical things that are necessary for the church that we have much that we can learn from them. And so I pray that you would give us understanding of this scripture, help us to understand exactly what it's saying and not only what it's saying to the original recipients, but of course, what the message is for us today. And it seems as though the message for us today is that we are to honor men and women and ladies within the church who, who serve in such a way as these. And so help us to understand that, help us to have the wisdom and courage to understand how this works in our everyday life and, and what we are to look like as disciples of Christ. We learned in Sunday school that we are to love one another as you have loved us. Help us to do that and understand that from these scriptures as well. Most of all, I pray that you would help us to have a heart of obedience. Give us a heart and ears that not only hear the words of this message, but hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as individuals so that we may glorify your name in all that we do. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So you may have noticed that the title of the sermon today is to honor men such as these. And in our joy, we are to honor men and women who follow the example of Timothy and Epaphroditus. And so I don't think this is going to be a especially long sermon, but it's mostly going to be about these two individuals, about Timothy and Epaphroditus. These are men who in the church are those who get it. Let me say that again. These are men within the church who get it. They get that Jesus has called them to obedience. They get that they understand that Jesus has called them to service as well. And they get that they are to lay down their lives for the sake of the church, both the present church and the future church to come. And of course, the question that we must ask ourselves after reading this scripture and after seeing what Timothy and Epaphroditus are like, the, the question that we're gonna be asking ourselves is do we get it? Do we get that we are supposed to be called to obedience in Jesus Christ? Do we get, get it that we are to be in service to the church? Do we get it that we are supposed to lay down our lives for the sake of the church? Because Timothy and Epaphroditus especially did that in their service, not only to the gospel, but to Paul himself. And so Timothy and Epaphroditus, we've heard those names before. We're probably much more familiar with Timothy than we are Epaphroditus. We know a few things about Timothy because we've studied him before as we've studied First and Second Timothy and other sections of the scripture and of Acts and we've heard Timothy's name. We understand that he is a Gentile who's come from probably the town of Lystra. And so his mother and grandmother were Jews. His father was a Greek and uh, the name Timothy, I thought it was very interesting since we're speaking about honoring these men, but the word Timothy, the name Timothy actually comes from two Greek words. The first one meaning honor and reverence, 
and the second one meaning God. And so basically Timothy's name means to honor God. And that's exactly what he did with his life. It's funny how that works in the Bible. Don't ever forget that, that names are important in the Bible. They often mean something and they reveal the character of the person to whom that name was given. So Timothy's family, we're reminded of Timothy's family that he had a grandmother, Lois, and a mother, Eunice, who taught him the scriptures from a very early age. We also know that Timothy was Paul's companion on his second missionary tour. So probably the way it worked as Paul was going through Lystra, uh, Timothy became a believer under the discipleship of the apostle Paul, and then he continued on with him on his second missionary tour. And Timothy definitely got it, didn't he? He got what ministry was all about. He was always there for Paul, willing to help, willing to do whatever he could. And if you remember, this is probably a little bit against his normal personality. He was not a personality like Paul who was outgoing. We would probably call Timothy an introvert. He was kind of shy. He was kind of meek. He was younger than probably most people in the church. And so he fills some big shoes. And this is probably the, the one person that Paul has intended to take over his place whenever he eventually is put to death. And so he's instilled a lot into Timothy. Paul himself states that he has no one who is like Timothy. And I, as I was thinking about that, I thought, well, that's kind of sad that he has no one else who is like Timothy. And yet on the other side, I thought, well, it's kind of glad because that means that Timothy really gets it. He is really excelling. He is someone who is going to be able to take the place of Paul when Paul must necessarily go. In other words, Timothy excelled at being a disciple. He was the cream of the crop, so to speak. And this was all despite being timid and having problems with his stomach. And I can imagine why he had trouble with his stomach. If you've ever got up in front of a crowd and spoken before, you can understand why Timothy being put in that place might have had a little trouble with his stomach. He was shy, he was timid, it wasn't natural for him to get up, but he realized the call of Jesus Christ would call him into the place of being up in front of people and speaking to people and teaching others. As I said, most likely Paul led him to Christ, most likely Paul was instrumental in discipling him, and he discipled him like no other. The reason he could disciple him is he spent so much time with him. He spent so much time on that second missionary journey that it reminds me of how Jesus called his disciples and they spent all their time with him, right? So depending on when they were called, the disciples of Jesus spent anywhere from a year and a half to two and a half, three years with him. And as they were going down the roads, they had plenty of opportunities to be discipled by Jesus. I think Timothy was probably that same way with Paul as they were walking, as they were traveling by ship to various towns to share the gospel, Timothy got to see everything that went on in Paul's ministry, the good and the bad, right? <laughs> he got to see the successes. He also got to see what were apparently failures. I do that in air quotes because nothing 
uh, in the ministry is a failure if you're doing it for God's honor and glory. And so he got to see the beatings and all of those different things that Paul went through. Timothy excelled at being a disciple, but he was also a person of great concern. That's what the scripture tells us here in verse 20. It says that I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Timothy had a genuine concern for those whom he was helping. And that's great, isn't it? We need to have that as well. We need to develop a genuine concern for those in our community. And sometimes I have to pray myself. I have to pray to God, make me more compassionate. I need to be more compassionate to my family, my friends, my church, and the community as well. We have to see and understand that they are in danger unless they repent and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And in order to do that, we must have compassion for them. Timothy is an example for us as a person who has genuine compassion for those who he is helping. You see, he is different than those we spoke of just a couple weeks ago. Remember when Paul, he's in prison and he's saying how well things are going in prison because the whole imperial guard has gotten to hear about Jesus Christ. And he says it's even emboldened some of the brothers and he goes on and he shares that some of the brothers were just sharing Christ and preaching because of what he called rivalry and envy. In other words, they wanted the same recognition that Paul was getting. And Paul says Timothy is not like that. Timothy is someone who is genuinely concerned for you. He wants you to do well in the gospel. He is not one to minister in order to bring attention to himself but he truly has the mind and attitude of Christ, which we studied just a couple weeks ago. Remember that we are commanded to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We're to, each of us look not only to our own interests, but also the interests of others. And we're to have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Apparently, Timothy had listened to Paul about this, and he had that same type of attitude. He had the attitude of Christ. He was a humble servant whose only concern was for those whom he was trying to help. So he excelled at being a disciple. He had a genuine concern for those who he was helping, but he seeks not his own interest and not only the interest of others, but he was interested in the interest of Jesus Christ. He put ministry first in his life. He put the needs of Paul first as well so that Paul is able to do what God had called him to do. I, we should never, never underestimate <laughs> the power of lay people in the church because you guys all make it possible for me to study and to do what I do up here on Sunday morning and on Wednesday evenings. I mean, if I had to deal with all the different situations that you deal with, I would never get anything done as far as preaching the gospel, right? And it's not as though I am too good, and it doesn't mean that I should never do some of the work that you are doing. I should be doing some of those things as well. But I could never do all of those things and do them well like you do them and still be able to do what God has called me to do is preaching the gospel. 
And so thank you for that. Thank you for that attitude of helping. And uh, we've got so many sign-up sheets up here. I think that's a testimony to people who are willing to help and those who went on vacation Bible school training and those who didn't have a chance to go to the training, but they're committed to helping as well. Thank you for that. He put the needs of ministry first and he put the needs of Paul first. And because of that, Timothy has proven his worth to Paul. Paul says that himself. He says in verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. He has proven his worth. You see, Timothy not only got it, but he gets it done. <laughs> he got it done, right? He's someone Paul could count on. Give Timothy his job and you know it's gonna get done and it's gonna get done well. Over and over, he had been faithful to assist Paul on his missionary journeys and not everyone in Paul's view anyway was faithful on these missionary journeys, but he always could count on Timothy. He served Paul, like I said, so that Paul could fulfill his role as an apostle. Timothy got it and he got it done. Now, Epaphroditus is a little bit different story, but it's similar in the same, same kind of way. Epaphroditus, that's a Greek name as well, so he was Greek. Um, the name actually means charming or handsome, so I don't know if that held true in person or not, if Epaphroditus was handsome or, or charming. But Paul calls him, has a little bit different take on Epaphroditus than Timothy. He calls... Uh, Paul calls Epaphroditus his brother in the faith. And so they're close as well, right? But maybe Epaphroditus is a little bit older. He's definitely a believer because he's called a brother. But Paul has definitely a close relationship with him as well. He calls him a fellow worker. And so Epaphroditus is someone who's worked right alongside Paul as well tirelessly worked in, you know, alongside of Paul. He calls Paul, uh, he calls uh, Epaphroditus a fellow soldier. In other words, Epaphroditus has been in the same trenches of this spiritual battle and warfare as Paul has been. And he's hung right in there with him. Even the, to the point of being sick, right? Epaphroditus was deathly ill, it seems as though, here and he continued on in the ministry. The church was very concerned about him, but he also, like Timothy, was more concerned about the church and him being sick and what they thought about that than actually being sick himself. And so he was also very caring for the church. And this church is longing for him to come and to see them. And so, Epaphroditus is an exceptional person as well. He ministers to Paul's need. We find out later in the book that Epaphroditus did bring uh, gifts to him and supplies to Paul and met the need, the need for supplies that Paul had. He was there for Paul. And uh, yeah, and he was a messenger. Let's look at that verse. 
Verse number 25, I thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. And so it's curious that he uses those words and your messenger. So it could simply mean that Epaphroditus is bringing this letter to them for them to read. But it could also mean that he was their pastor, that he was a leader in the church. I think that's a good possibility that Epaphroditus was a leader or the, or the pastor of the church. And so we have two exceptional people, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And in concluding this, this ends up by saying, uh, in verse 29, it says, so receive him, speaking of Epaphroditus, in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Honor such men. That's the command for us today, is when we see this type of discipleship within the church, those who serve in this type of way, honor them. And I had to think, what does that mean to honor them? Does that mean bring them up on stage and point them out as being such a good example for the rest of us? Probably not. I don't think that Paul would honor them in that way. I think it means that we should look up to them as examples. Look up to them as examples. They get it. They understand what ministry is all about. But do we get it? Do we understand what ministry is all about? And so it emphasizes the importance of us serving wherever and whenever you can. Amen? Amen. Yes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had today to look at two exceptional people. And there are many other examples in the Bibles of both men and women who serve faithfully and they serve joyfully. And they're such good examples for us. And we have examples right here in our church today and in our association of people who serve faithfully and they give their time and their efforts whenever, however they can. And we look up to those and say, yes, that is a good example. And we challenge ourselves to do the same, that we would step up, take place of serving and serve within the church. Father, I pray also for those who are here today may not know Christ. I pray that they would understand clearly the gospel that we have sinned against a holy God and because of that, we can no longer have one-to-one -one fellowship with a holy God. But that God who is also holy is also loving and has made a remedy to rescue us from our sin. And that rescue has come through the Lord Jesus Christ, who was himself God in the flesh, who came and lived amongst us, gave his life serving others, and gave himself as a ransom to purchase people for himself to be part of his bride. And he died on a cross, a death which we can only begin to imagine the pain that he endured and the separation from God that he endured all for our sake, that those who believe and trust in him and trust in him alone could have salvation. And they might be asking, well, what do I need to do? And the answer is repent and believe. 
be sorry for your sins, turn away from your sin, give your life over to Christ, surrender your life to him, believe in him, become obedient to him, and you will be saved, you will have eternal life and have fellowship with God restored once again. Be totally forgiven of your sins. And our prayer is that if there's a person here today who needs to make that decision, that they would. Father, we love you so much. We want to honor and glorify you. Help us to do that by living as your servants. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.